Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm joined for this first day of the season special, really, with Samuel Luckhurst and Tyrone Marshall. We'll be looking ahead to United's game against Leeds United. This is being recorded just after Oligon Solskjaer's pre-match press conference. We're going to dissect that, all the main talking points. But yeah, another season is upon us. Samuel, excited for another bumper-packed edition and uh, I guess a chance for football to take centre stage after what's been quite a gruelling few weeks. Can I just make an announcement? There's been a transfer announcement. Ethan Galbraith has gone to Doncaster on loan. Wow. <laughs> it's the one that we've oh, been waiting for. Yeah, the one we've been waiting you for. could have sold that as Manchester United and central midfielder. That would have got a... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That would have, that would have been a very uh, a very tantalising one, wouldn't it? Uh, I, I forget what you asked then, but yes, the, the season's upon us. I think Everyone's everyone's pleased about it. Crowds will be back in, in capacity form, and United and Leeds is a is a hell of a way to start it all off as well. Yeah, exactly. And Ty, you know, it's a real chance now for United to build upon that momentum that's, that's been growing this summer. Like we said, we will see Jaden Sancho involved in the squad against Leeds. We won't see Rafael Varane. We'll get onto those two in a minute. But heading into the the game, you know, it's a bit of a peculiar one because the nature of the opponents United have make it, you know, into one of those games where it's hard to judge maybe where two teams are really at. We saw last season how chaotic that first match was and then we saw Leeds improved by the by the meeting at Ellen Road as well. But heading into that first match of the season, I know every team says they want to get that win in the first, you know, three points on the board. But for United, what do you think the, the ambition is? Do you think it is just to maybe even avoid defeat and make sure they don't have that banana skin start that they did last season against Crystal Palace? No, I think they need. I feel like they need to win. Really, I think they've got a really appealing run of fixtures. First, they should be targeting top spot after the first seven games. I think, but we've spoken a bit this summer that those fixtures come with jeopardy because of the, you know, the lack of um, pre-season time for some key players. Obviously, they're out with, without Sancho or without Varane tomorrow. Sancho, we think, will probably be starting on the bench. So, I, I still think it's imperative they got off to a win. It's funny you mentioned momentum. Um, we were talking about that me and Samuel earlier in. Just for a piece I'm doing in the morning, I'm trying to remember the last time United began a season with what felt like such sort of momentum or excitement within, and we thought probably 2017. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they finished second, obviously, 2017-18, but then squandered it in the summer. So we think maybe the summer of 2017 or definitely the summer of, of 2016, but it does feel like there is a feel-good factor at the moment around the place with the sign-ins, which is momentum from, from where they finished in, in second last season. It does feel like there's there's the nucleus of a title-winning squad there, or at least a squad that can go very close. But momentum can easily be squandered. Solskjaer's United have started badly for, for two two seasons in a row now. Won two of their first nine league games two years ago, two of their first six last year. If they do that again this year, given the fixtures, then frankly, I think they're out of the title race. Um, so they can't afford to do it again. They can't afford to to squander that momentum. But, you know, it, it does feel like there's a positivity going into the season tomorrow. It'd be helped by the fact it's a full house. Even off the pitch, it, it feels like things are heading in the right direction. You know, I certainly wouldn't say there's a thawing of relations yet, but those that have been to Old Trafford this summer have seen the work that's gone on there. The Glazers have started to try and communicate more. They've started to try and lay out a share scheme. There's a hell of a long way to go. And while the debt is on the club, I think that will always be an issue that, that's impossible to get over for a lot of people. But you know, off the pitch, it does feel like it's been a summer of, of feel-good factor, a bit of momentum, a bit of positivity and the only way to build on that now is to, to start winning football matches 
Yeah, of course. And it, you know, Solskjaer said twice, I think, certainly from what I've heard, at least, that you know he, he he cited Pep Guardiola saying that you can't win the league in the first eight games, but you can certainly lose it. I know he said that in the derby game at the start of pre-season. I think he said it last week as well, after you know after the Brentford game. Samuel, what was the mood like at the press conference today? Obviously, the awkward question moved to Solskjaer, why isn't Rafa Varane out yet? Um, everyone's getting sick of that. And I know maybe every tweet you send gets bombarded with those questions as well. What type of mood was Solskjaer in at his sort of first formal pre-match press conference of the summer? Well, unfortunately, we're we're still not back at Carrington yet. I think because of the, the COVID rates, that's been delayed until mid-October at the earliest. So unfortunately, you can't have that rapport or that repartee with him that you would try and develop if you were in per- if if you're doing these in person and he was a lot it was a lot better speaking to him in person at derby uh four weeks ago whenever it was did that by the pitch but that that's been the exception to the rule over the last year he was he was his usual self i think there were certain questions that his response was too solskjaer really he was asked about whether this squad could challenge for the title and he spoke quite tentatively about it which was peculiar because previously he said that that's that's got to be the the expectation this season it's the only thing that they can do this season um i think if he wants to continue residency in in manchester he he needs to oversee a title challenge this season as well with with the varan thing um i've i've been told that i will be told what the hold up was after it's been announced which is a pretty tedious statement for for me to offer on this i must say but it's it, yeah it's it's frustrating for all concerned um journalists who just want to get it out of the way the club who obviously want to celebrate what what should be a an excellent signing and i don't think any of us really envisage Varane um missing the the deadline to be eligible for this leeds game but united have missed it and i suppose united are they are probably the only club that could do two early deals and for those two players to be undercooked or unavailable going into the first game of the season so the squad is not in a it's not in the desired state how can it be the the back five is probably going to be the same back five that started the season two years ago against Chelsea so that's not enough progress the midfield balance is an issue what's going to happen there Anthony Marshall said in midweek that he's he's still a few weeks away from full, full fitness Cavani's pretty much had a tenth of the year off um which Maybe Solskjaer, maybe United will be vindicated with that decision as the season develops, um, because his his conditioning is going to have to be, um, you know, they're going to have to be very careful with that. What with him only being being able to start one game per week. If they beat Leeds, then it's it's a case of job done, and they can get more players back for the Southampton game next week. Yeah, it certainly does feel like that Southampton game might be the real sort of benchmark where United are at and what their best 11 is. You know, we're not going to see that for a while. And Ty, the news that Varane's not even registered in time, the deal's not actually officially complete. And, you know, he's still got some T's to cross and, you know, I's to dot and stuff. Um, in terms of the, the lineup, like, like Sam said, there's not really going to be too many surprises, actually. I know that we say that United are sport for choice in terms of squad depth, but it seems almost straightforward enough. Certainly the back five picks itself. And then I guess it's just depending on that approach Solskjaer goes for in midfield. Yeah, I think so. And I think as as frustrating and slightly, I mean, it's hard to say it's amateurish because we don't know what the situation is, but the, the haphazard situation we've ended up in with Varane, I'm not sure he would have started anyway on the back of such limited training. I know he's been training on his own, but he's been quarantining. He only had a few days at Madrid before he set off for Manchester. We know Leeds provide probably the most unique 
test in the Premier League in terms of, of fitness and moving and man-marking and the way they play. I can't imagine he's, he's faced anything like that in the league over the last couple of years. So it might have been it might have been one he didn't start anyway, um, but it certainly doesn't look good. And you can understand the um, the frustration. But yeah, beyond that, certainly the defence picks itself at the moment. And I guess, you know, midfield depends on the balance and it depends on the, the fact it is Leeds and the fact that they've had a much more settled and longer pre-season makes me think he's going to bank on players who have probably had a long pre-season themselves who at least match them physically. So probably looking at Matic starting. Um, and then, I mean, Fernandes is probably a certainty. Maybe even Van der Beek, given he's had a decent pre-season. Maybe even Daniel James, considering he's had a decent length of pre-season. Impressed against Leeds last year. So it, it might be that this is a game for the players who have got miles on the clock, so to speak, in, in pre-season and the fitness. And we see, I know Sancho has said he is ready to start and Solskjaer said he'd be involved, but you know, he, he only started training on Monday. There's He didn't play a lot in the Euros either. So he'd have lost some of his conditioning and, and match sharpness from, from Dortmund. You'd have thought he only started once in the Euros. So he's probably not fully up to speed. So, you know, you wonder if it might be James and, and Martial and Greenwood in that in that front three, maybe. And it's certainly in a touch on Cavani. It was nice to see that photo with his family yesterday and the fact that he looks he's got his, looks like he's got his family over here now. I'm sure that's going to be a great help. And we all know he struggled in in lockdown in a greater Manchester winter last year. But it is still a risk, the fact that he's probably going to take a bit of time to get up to speed. We know he likes to be fully fit before he plays. That could potentially mean it's September before we see him at his best. Martial has was awful for most of last season, has played 45 minutes in pre-season, has said he's still a couple of weeks away from full fitness. So, you know, United are arguably going into the first few weeks of the season with, you know, maybe half a striker with Rashford out as well. So it's it's certainly not an ideal situation in front of goal for them. Yeah, you're making me regret putting Anthony Marshall onto my fantasy football team now. I might have to swiftly change that before the deadline later on this evening. Samuel, I guess, you know, Ty touched upon it there. And looking at United from the outside, you can see the team that, OK, in circumstance we want to see. But do you have any fears that Solskjaer might go for safety? You know, the fact that it is Leeds. Of course, United did, you know, demolish them. They were chaotic when they came to Old Trafford last winter. But the, the thing is, you know, that match at Ellen Road showed that they did learn from their mistakes. And deep down, I still fear that maybe it could be that two defensive midfielders just to shore things up and make sure United aren't embarrassed on the opening day. What what do you think? Do you think United obviously should be brave, but do you, do you think they will be in midfield? I think it's a good question. Um, I can easily see him being a little bit conservative because it is the first game. Uh, and, and not wanting to lose too much momentum. And if, if he has to think pragmatically or pessimistically, even for the worst case scenario, that that might be a draw. Um, but I, I just think that, that that's just too defeatist, really. I, with all the mitigation that's still going on and that United are having to contend with, they need to they need to try and play on the front foot. They need to take the game to Leeds. They've they've got enough quality and fit players to still beat Leeds. This this is a team that they've come up against who were playing in the championship the season before last and hadn't been in the top tier for 16 years, whatever it was. So I think that kind of tool, United shouldn't even really be entertaining it. Um, they've, as, as we saw in the Everton game last week, certain players were taken off because they wanted to preserve them for the lead game Matic I thought was excellent and he has to start he's he's the only defensive midfield specialist in that squad so the fact that he's had a full pre-season and that he's 
he's looked in good nick, just going off the Everton game in particular, bodes well. Fernandez looked a lot fresher. He, he was one player who definitely needed more than three weeks off in the summer. There are selections that are by default pretty much. Um, I think if Henderson had a full pre-season, well, not, not think. I know if he'd had a full pre-season, he'd have been starting because he'd been told that he was going to be the starting keeper for the season. If Varane had been signed up earlier, he would have started ahead of Lindelof. If Cavani hadn't been given five or six weeks off, then he'd have probably started ahead of Marshall. But that's the pitfalls with summers where you've where, where there are a number of international tournaments. And it's it will be interesting in some of the selections, um, that, not necessarily the ones that are by default, but in midfield, um, I thought Van der Beek complemented Fernandes and Matic pretty well last week. But whether this week he feels the need to bring Pogba back in, because, of course, if you're playing Van der Beek, Fernandes and, and Matic, you're almost certainly not not starting Pogba. And with everything that's going on with Pogba, that, that's a story in itself um, that would that would get legs very, very quickly. So, you know, I, I, I still, though, um, just, you know, the possibility of being conservative against Leeds at home in the first game of the season, that, that should be anathema to United. Um, they, they should not be entertaining that talk whatsoever. Yeah, crucial word there is should. We will see. Yeah, it comes Saturday just about how a social does approach it. And Ty, an interesting one there. And, you know, it was inevitable that social was going to get asked about Pogba at his press conference today. It was the usual sort of everything I say to Pogba. We have positive discussions. He knows what United want. Of course, he's got less than a year left on his deal. So that's unavoidable. That's just a fact. But in terms of how United actually use Pogba in, in these opening weeks of the, of the season, do you think that? The fact that, you know, Rashford and Lingard, I know Solskjaer said that Lingard definitely would have started against Everton had he not uh, had the positive COVID case. Pogba on the left, do you think that's something United should explore again in the early stage of the season? Because there is that opening. I know Sancho played there more than he did on the right for Dortmund last season, but surely if Marshall's undercooked, Cavani's not available, then you could play Greenwood through the middle, Sancho on the right, and maybe even Pogba on the left. Uh, yeah, you could. I hadn't, hadn't thought of that, but I guess that's... Um... That's a possibility. United have a lot of options on the left, but some are unavailable, some are unconvincing, and some are better on the right, I guess. So there is, of the five or six players that can play there, I guess Pogba is a possibility. He, he certainly excelled there in the second half of, of last season. It got him closer to goal. I think if if we're going to see more of a 4-3-3, then his best position is probably in the centre in one of those sort of number eight roles. But I guess in, in the early weeks of the season, it, it's perhaps worth worth playing playing him there. I think against Leeds, we could certainly see Greenwood through the middle. Um, I think it's one of the games that would suit him more as a central striker at the moment, where there's a bit more movement and flexibility and more space to run into rather than playing against two six-footers defending on the 18-yard line. I think he'd get more joy as a centre-forward against Leeds. But it, it will be interesting to see where Pogba is, is used. It looks like Messi going to PSG is, is kind of made it obvious that Pogba is staying for another season. There's only one option with him now. He either leaves for free next summer or or United again to sign a new contract. And you know, I mean, you could say there's perils in both, really. I mean, he's 28. He's had maybe two spells of six months where he's been world-class for United. And maybe that's, that's arguably it for five years. They haven't consistently got the best out of him. To sign a new contract, he's going to want a pay rise. We've seen United give players massive pay rises in the past or significant pay rises. And then Count the cost of them. I'm sure there'll probably still be a market for Pogba 12 months down the line if he does sign a new contract. But it's going to be interesting to see how it goes this year and and how his involvement goes on. I think I think changing to the 4-3-3 would suit him, but I think it would suit Van der Beek as well. And 
there's an argument that if Thunderbeak is going to be sticking around for a few seasons and Pogba isn't, then you give Thunderbeak more of an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do agree with that, Tain. Like we said, it's a big season for Thunderbeak. There was the circumstances why why, you know, last season maybe didn't work for him, but now he really has to, you know, repay that faith and really make a case for himself. And Samuel, I know Solskjaer called Pogba a media magnet today. Um these preseason sort of sort of previews we always have to give. And I know that in our role as journalists, we always get asked for predictions and stuff. I'm not going to ask you where United are going to finish. But going into the new season, it was the question posed to Solskjaer today, the final one. And I know, like you said, he said he gave a Solskjaer answer where he said, if everything clicks, everything goes our way, we have those fine margins, we have that little bit of luck, then we can win, can win the league title. But any of the 20 teams can win the league title because they're in the league. You know, that's just by default. So do you think United have spent enough and brought in the right sort of players to, to improve the squad last season to be title challenges? Or do you think that they're still in that, that bracket below maybe Chelsea and Man City now? They're still short, but the quality of players they've brought in, the money they've spent demands a title challenge just going off those two signings, even though I think most of us from having these podcasts last season and in pre-season, I think we've pretty much all agreed that they need at least three players to go into the first team and improve it. And so far they've got two, so they are short. Uh, Chelsea's depth is is probably... I tend to say it's possibly the best in the league, even even better than City's now that Lukaku's there. Um, they've got a lot of quality, not beyond their um, beyond their starting eleven. Uh, I think because the, they changed manager last season and because there were some players who underperformed for whatever reason or didn't get going until Tuchel came in, maybe that squad was underrated. But they've they've invested a hell of a lot of money over the last couple of years, and it almost seems novel for Chelsea to to spend a lot of money because you've had the spending of City and PSG that people forget Chelsea is still owned by a Russian billionaire and they still do spend a hell of a lot of money. Uh, Ariza Balaga is, is the most expensive keeper in the world and he came in three years ago. So they probably don't get as much coverage as as other teams, um, even though they've been extremely successful, uh, particularly since Bramovich came in. But there, there are still, if you're doing this whole like the, the nonsense of who'd get in their team, who'd get in United's team, what have you, th- there are still plenty of players in United's strongest eleven that you'd have over Chelsea's, um, the, over Chelsea's strongest eleven, and who'd get into that. So United have to challenge for the title. There, there are no excuses this season. Um, even if they don't get another signing, uh, they they have to challenge for it because if they don't, it's it's going to be. That, that that title drought will go into double figures. That would be a guarantee at the very minimum. Solskjaer uh, will have been there three and a half years. You know, Solskjaer's own future, I don't think the contract makes a great deal of difference. If if they have a poor season where there's no tangible success and there's not a title challenge, it'll have been three and a half years and a lot of supporters will think, and, and a lot of punters as well, and journalists will think that it's, it's time for change there. And... I can see the I could see the sense in them giving him the contract ahead of the new season because it it kills speculation somewhat, but it doesn't, and and he's realistic enough to know that if he goes on a bad run of form and United have a really poor spell, there's going to be speculation about his position, and there are coaches who uh, who are available and who have superior CVs as well, so that they can't be Sancho and Varane have not been signed to make a difference next season or the season after they've been signed to make a difference now so 
it, it was disappointing in a way, really, that he was as tentative about about challenging for the title because he does himself no favours there. He's he's backed himself into a corner by taking United to second last season, which was probably earlier than expected. But they are just about on course for the three year plan um, if if they can if they can make a fist of it in the in the league this season. Yeah, and of course for a team and a club who love to use the the buzzword progress, then the only way up from second would be you know either to win the league or you definitely get within touching distance of it and you make a good go yeah. of it. And Ty, I guess ultimately for you, the question I'm going to ask is, need to do to still be in charge by the end of the season? I think he needs to be in a title race at the very least and be in it beyond um, January or February like they were last year. You know, they need to they need to be losing out in game 37 or game 38 at the very least, probably win a trophy. Um, you know, I'm not sure if they end up, even if they got close, but ended up without silverware. I think th- there might be discussions around it at least because um, it is, you know, it's a long time without silverware now and Solskjaer's not winning silverware and they've missed out in semi-finals and no finals. So I think winning silverware would be would be vital. But I think at the end of the day, he knows he's he's judged mainly on the Premier League, really. And if they, if they are in the title race in game 36, 37, 38, maybe that'd be considered progress enough. If they have a good run in the Champions League, which I think is entirely feasible, to be honest, I think you know I think there's only five teams that can win the Champions League this year: the four English teams and PSG. And the luck of the draw could throw one of those English teams very easily into the semi-final or even the final. So, you know, it's arguably the Champions League could be even easier to win than the Premier League, which sounds absolutely crazy. But I think that's just the the situation we're in. And if United get a good draw, they could very easily find themselves in the Champions League semi-finals without without too much hassle really so certainly a deep run in that competition and, and being in the title race deep into April and May would would be enough for him I think yeah let's hope they get some Spanish minnows like Villarreal in European competition <laughs> yeah. guaranteed success isn't it who knows Always I, agree. Yeah. I, I agree with you though Tyler, in, in terms of that and I guess maybe that's the that's the thing that would almost be held against us because you can you can fluke your way to or maybe not fluke, but you can definitely have that luck of the draw and get yourself very far in a cup competition. And then you maybe only do need to win two or three games where you're at your best. And to win the Premier League, you've got to be the best team. You don't win the Premier League if you're not the best team in, in the division that season. So it will be interesting to see just how far United can keep it up and, and have that momentum because they have had those spells almost in every season now under Solskjaer, haven't they, where they have looked really formidable, but it's about keeping it up. Uh, I guess the final questions now for you both are going to be those horrible, vague predictions. I'm not asking for league for finishes, top goal scores, etc. But Sammy, what do you expect in general from United in the season ahead? Do you expect to see an improvement on, on what we saw last season? At the risk of being pessimistic, no, not necessarily. Um, I, I I think that with crowds coming back, that will be an advantage for others more than for United. United dealt with crowdless stadiums better than most. And I think people forget how, although their last game with the capacity crowd at Old Trafford, elicited probably the loudest roar I've ever heard at the stadium. That that season was pretty mutinous at times and quite fraught. And certainly in the January, um, those home games against Norwich and the City game in, in the League Cup, uh, the semi-final, they, they were 
pretty much bound for blood if you were to go off the the lyrics um, for, for for the Ed Woodward chants at the time. And although they were getting into a better position when when lockdown happened and the season was was shut down, I, I, I still think that it was quite telling how well they um, they coped with without support at stadiums last season, particularly the away record. That's that's the weird thing about it. There's no set formula as to how teams coped without fans because United have probably got the most raucous away following around and they were unbeaten in um in the league away from home last season but liverpool although they've maybe not strengthened as much as most would have expected at this point um, you expect retaliation from them they've got van dyke back which is huge chelsea are a very very impressive team with tuchel um city have got the know-how they've got the best coach in the world. Uh, they've probably got the best players in the Premier League as well in terms of their, their starting side. And those three clubs are all coached by Champions League winners and coaches who've been in Champions League finals very, very recently. Whereas United's manager, um, his his last honour was a Norwegian title, which was nine years ago. And it's not as black and white as that. And Solskjaer has exceeded expectations at United and he has overseen improvement. But I think I don't think it's a coincidence that the worst, the most egregious examples of his his mismanagement last season were at Leicester in the cup and BRL in the final. So when when Silverware is on the line and is within touching distance, he I mean he bottled it for, for lack of a better term, particularly in the final, not not putting Henderson on uh, for De Gea decisions like that. And he touched upon watching. The, the Super Cup shootout um, in midweek at his, his press conference today. Um, and, and you wonder whether, retrospectively, he, he feels as though he got he got that wrong that night. And I think that's always going to be the doubt with a lot of United fans and analysts and, and journalists, whether he has, whether he's really got it in him to take United to that, that next step, which is to get their hands on a trophy. And I don't mean the League Cup and not even necessarily the FA Cup, even though when you saw when Leicester won it, it felt much more meaningful because that was a club that had never won the FA Cup before. But to get one of those major trophies back at United, I'm just not sure whether he has it in him. And the the competition just seems a lot more intense this season. So I wouldn't be surprised if United um, fell down the table, which is why I do think they need another significant signing before the window closes. But they absolutely have to challenge for the title. Um, otherwise, they're, they're going to regress. And if a team regresses, then usually there there have to be changes made. Yeah, of course. I think that's a good sort of way to look at it as well, Sammy. We're asking questions of the squad, but it is the Marge as well. But Solskjaer, you know, he's got this track record of being able to do it in the big games, but it is just maybe his decisions which continue to undermine himself, his squad rotation, how he relies and is over-reliant on a, on a key core of players. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. There's going to be so much more scrutiny. The mitigation's gone, particularly since he's thrown down the gauntlet himself, saying, you know, you can lose the, the league title so early on into the season, which I guess does tears up nicely for Leeds. And I guess the final question of the podcast, tyres: what do you expect from United versus Leeds on the opening day of the season? Probably for it to be fairly open. I mean, it was incredibly open last year at Old Trafford, wasn't it? And... I think Leeds' fitness is, is going to give them a real edge. So I think United are going to be in a, a mighty battle. But I think, I mean, they've got to come out on top. So I'll go with 2-1 or 3-2 maybe. I can see it can see it being open and, and hard work. But I think United will take any kind of victory, no matter what the performance is. Yeah, exactly. Especially with some other key players who should hopefully be available in a week's time. It gives me just enough time to 
quickly go into the fantasy footballer app and kick Marshall out of my team then, based on the uh, feedback you two have given me. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Maybe on next week's podcast, I'll be regretting that on that. Who knows? We'll wait and see. But yeah, the new season is upon us. Samuel Tight's going to be another long roller coaster journey. You'll be with us all the way. Thank you very much for joining us on the Manchester's Red podcast today. Thank you Cheers. again, Rich. Cheers, Rich. And thank you very much, wherever you may be listening all over the world. As always, we will be with you every step of the way this season. So please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. Please do leave a review as well. We will be back next week to analyse what did happen at Old Trafford on the opening day of the season and look ahead to that second match. Thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the new season. We'll see you again next time.